This morning we're going to be in second, or First Peter chapter 5, so if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and flip there. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to uh, listen in this moment. I tried to write kind of an intro for this message, and uh, I'll just be honest, I, I laid there for like an hour um, and prayed and prayed and just didn't get one, and um, usually that means that God has one. I just don't get to know it till. <laughs> Um, till I get up here, um, man, um, I just, I want to share what I need to share, um, so I'm just trying to be perceptive, um, could we just pray? Father God, this morning we need you, God, I need you, God, this morning, um, I don't have everything, um, I don't really have anything, right? <laughs> You know that. But God, you have everything. God, I studied, but what is that? God, I dug into this, but what is that to the guy who wrote it? In all my studying, I'll, I'll never right, get to the depths of your wisdom and your knowledge. Um, so God, this morning, I pray, God, that you'll just open some of that right up to me, not maybe all of it this morning. I don't even think we could contain it, but maybe just some of that. God, and if you want to push everything I studied to the side, you do that. Um, because God, what we need today is not Brad's thoughts and opinions on what this word says, but the, the word of God, the voice of God to the people of God. So God, this morning, that's what I'm praying. God, you know my heart this week as I've been praying to you is God, you teach me to plead with you. Not just to pray. You see in the book of Exodus, Moses goes and he, he pleads with you. God, it's a, not just a conversation with his words, but with his heart. God, this morning, that's what I'm doing. God, that this morning you would do something in us, God, that it's supernatural, God, that you would change us, God, that you would break apathy in this place. Jesus, that you would take your sheep and you would clearly identify them. Amen. And God, you would do the same with the goats. Yeah. God, this morning, those that are not yours, that are not your flock, God, this morning, that you would identify that. God, and then that you would do what only you can do, Jesus, that you would take a sheep and a goat and you would transform them. God, I can't turn goats to sheep, but you can. So God, this morning, I, I just pray, God, that you would change our hearts and our attitudes about you, that God, when we say you are good, we're not just singing a song. God, that your goodness would break us. God, that as we reflect on the power and the mercy and the grace of the cross, Jesus, that everything else would seem to make sense in that moment that, Jesus, you suffered, so we suffer. And that suffering would lead us back to the place of your suffering. Where in that moment you displayed mercy and grace through the blood of your Son. How this morning, I'm 
begging you just to say the things that you need to say. I love you. And I thank you. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, this morning we're going to be in First Peter, and I'm excited about this word, but more than that, because um, I don't know where you are, right? I just know where I am. I'm excited for me for this word. Um, I don't know about you, but I just feel like the past couple of weeks, really, but especially this week, have just been an attack in, in, in my life. Um, I... Um, feel things that I know are not true. I've been battling for emotions and I've been battling for thoughts and I don't usually share these things. And like I said, God just writes the intro today, I guess, as he does it. But um, dealing with um, being and feeling alone, I'm not looking up because I don't want anybody to think that I'm talking to you. I'm just telling you like what's in my heart today. Uh, battling with feeling like a not good enough. Um, battling with feeling like... Um, the, the, that I'm messing it up, right? And I know that like those things are not true. But in the moment, like don't you don't know, right? Um, and it just this week has been such an, an attack in the past few weeks, but especially this week. And I, I don't share things, so probably nobody knows what I'm talking about. And like I guess that's good. Um, but I need this word today. And I, and I believe that, that we need this word today. Um, so this morning we're going to be in, in 1 Peter um, 5. And we talked last week about this thought that we could be strengthened by the vast strength of God, right? Like it just starts off the, 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 the little section of putting on the full armor of God with that idea that, that we have access to be strengthened by the vast, limitless strength, unimaginable strength of God. And I need that strength. Because in reality, and this is true for all of us, if you are part of the church, we have an enemy, right? We have an enemy. There's someone out there that is our adversary who's seeking to destroy us, and he's not playing for bad days, right? He's like, he doesn't care what your day's like. He's not playing for like, he just making, making you, you, you sad, Right? He's not playing just to kind of make sure you get all the red lights on the way to work. Like, that's not the final scheme of the devil. He's playing for keeps. This adversary, he wants to kill you. He wants to take you out. He wants to destroy you. And some of you are like, oh, I, don't, I don't really want to hear that. Um, I'm uncomfortable when you talk about that. Well, be uncomfortable because it's the reality this morning. That, that there is someone out there that is trying to destroy us. And we wonder, like, why is life hard? Well, because there's someone trying to destroy you, right? Yeah. If your life not hard, and maybe maybe there's an issue, and it's not that the devil's not after you. Um, and last week we talked about that even in that truth where there is an adversary and he does want to destroy us that it doesn't have to be that way that we have a strength that we have access to that's not our strength and we have a hope that we have access to that's not our hope and this morning I just want to continue that thought and I want to do that in first Peter 5 and thinking about this verse for, for probably two weeks now first Peter is a book written by Peter the disciple um, that's amazing to me uh, Peter, the guy that walked on water with Jesus, wrote this book, right? 
Peter, the guy who, he was like the first one to proclaim Jesus as the Messiah, he wrote this book. And that's amazing, but can I remind you, it's also the Peter that denied Jesus three times, right? On Jesus' way to the cross, it's Peter who ran and hid in fear. It's, it's that same Peter, yet here we are seeing him write letters to the church, and this letter was written to the church in Asia Minor. It's a area of Turkey, kind of eastern half there, sorry, western half there of Turkey, where there's all these churches that have kind of sprung up, and all these churches are being persecuted. All these churches are going through suffering, and this book is written actually to a suffering church. And so if you're suffering, maybe maybe this is a good place to read. <laughs> and he, and he, a lot of this book deals with how, how do you suffer, and then not only how do you suffer, but how do you suffer well? Actually even talks about this idea that, that suffering is used by God, right? That suffering's not some evil, horrible thing, but that God actually uses suffering to do amazing things in our life. Suffering is a certainty. If you're alive, you're going to suffer. But in the hands of God, suffering can become a beautiful thing. Jesus suffered on the cross. And look at what God did through the suffering of his son. What would he do with the suffering of his people if they would let him? And this is this book, right? There's amazing things in this book. And right before where we're going to read, actually, in verse 8, there's this amazing two verses that says, Humble yourselves, right? Like, Humble yourself. Under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. And seven, to a suffering church, he writes, casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. I didn't even plan to read that this morning. I just, I just feel like some of us need to hear that, right? Like if that's all we get this morning, maybe that's good enough. Humble yourself. Stop thinking so much of yourself. Stop thinking you can do it. Stop thinking you can get through it on your own. Stop thinking that you are strong enough. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Why? Because you do not have mighty hands. Cast all your cares, right? All your struggles, all your burdens, all your hurts. Cast all your cares upon him. Here's why. Because he cares about you. Yeah, great permission this morning. Last week, be strengthened by the vast strength of the Lord. And this week, what do we hear? Cast all your care upon him. Why? Because he loves you. And then Peter, flowing out of that verse, almost suddenly changes his attitude. And he he starts off at verse 8 with two B statements. He says, be sober. It's a word meaning be serious. Be serious and be on the alert. These two be statements, be sober or be serious and be on the alert. What he's saying here to the church is take this seriously, church. This is not a joke. This is not just some thing that we do. This is not some laughing matter. What I'm about to tell you is a very serious thing. Be serious. Be sober. Don't take this lightly. And then be on the alert. Watch out is what he's saying. Take this seriously and watch out. Don't stand in in the field with your head in the sand. Right? Look around. 
And here's why. He says, your adversary, you have an adversary this morning if you're part of the church. Your enemy, the one who wants to destroy you. Then he defines who that is, the devil. Your adversary, your enemy, the devil, is prowling around or looking around like a roaring lion. He's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. This is, right, like, uh, where did that come from? Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you, right? Like, that's happy. Oh, that's amazing. God loves me. I can throw all my cares at his feet. And then right after that, he seems to change subjects, and he says, be sober, be serious. Take this seriously. Think about what I'm saying this morning. And be on the alert. Watch out. Because there is an adversary. When do we talk about that? I just want to hear the grace stuff, right? Well, then you're probably going to die. I just, I just want to hear the happy stuff. I just want to hear the good stuff. Well, that's great because I just want to preach that, but I can't. He says, we have an adversary who is the devil. And he's prowling around. He's roaming around. He's looking around. Like a roaring lion. And he's looking for something. As he's roaming around right through your neighborhood, as he's roaming around through the church, as he's roaming around like through the Walmart, he's looking for something. And what he's looking for is anybody that he can kill. But it doesn't just say kill, does it? Like, think about that word devour. He's talking about eating you. Like, that's not a pleasant thought. It'd be great if all he was out to do was slow, or quickly and painlessly take you out, right? But he's not trying to quickly and painlessly take you out. He wants to gnaw on you until you die, is what it's saying. He wants to chew you up until there's no life left in you. And he's not discriminate about who he's looking for. See, I think sometimes we think if we stay out of it, right? Like we're just, I'm not going to be a leader. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do the teacher thing. I'm not going to be on the stage. I'm not going to be a band member. I'm not going to serve. I'm just going to kind of go in and go out. I'm just going to do the thing. I'm going to get in the flow. I'm going to come in. I'm going to sit in a chair, and then I'm going to get out of the chair. And if I do that, and I don't make too much noise, then I'll make it, and he'll leave me alone. And that's not true, because he's looking for anybody. It doesn't say he's looking for the, 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 the guy on the stage. It doesn't say he's looking for the guy in the back. It says he's looking for anybody. It doesn't even mean like, right, like devil's looking to take people out that read the Bible, so I better not read the Bible. Yeah, he is looking to take them out, but he's also looking to take out the people that don't. I better not witness too much because the devil, he's, he's going to take me out if I start stirring stuff up. That's not true at all. He might because he's looking for anybody, but he'll look for those that don't do anything or make any noise too. See, the truth of it is, he's not discriminate. He's not looking for one or two people. He's not targeting somebody. He's looking for somebody that's weak enough to kill. His hit list is consistent of everyone, right? <laughs> and Peter says, be serious about that. It's a serious thing, actually. 
right? We, we live in a, in, a, in a pretty awesome world right now where when the people come in a couple hundred years ago, they killed all the predators, right? Come in, they're like, oh, that's a wolf. We don't want that. Bang, and they took that out. So you don't have to, like, walk outside at night and be worried that a wolf's going to come and get you, right? All the mountain lions, I think that's the big one. Um, they, they took those guys out. Like, you don't have to worry if you're walking through the field that there's going to be a mountain lion jump out and get you. So we live in, in a world, really, where we don't know what it is like to have predators. We, we're the top predator, right? We kill everything that we want to. Like, that's the deal with us. Um, but in this time, right, like, if think about that. Anybody want to sign up? Like, I'll just, we'll take you down to the zoo, and we'll just throw you in with the lines, and you could just do the thing. It's not a big deal, right? Just go pet it. It's just a big cat. It's not a big, you know, they like it. Probably not, but I mean, whatever. Um, just give it a little kibble, and that dude will be your friend forever, right? Like, that's not probably how that works. So imagine, right, like you just, they're, they're everywhere, right? Lines everywhere. How would you treat that? I'm just going to walk out my door today, no big deal, get in my car, go wherever I want to, don't have to worry about that. And there's lions everywhere. Like, would that be the attitude? I'm just going to go out in the field today and nobody with me, nothing to defend myself. There's, well, there's lions everywhere, but it's no big deal. Like, right, like a lion would be a serious thing because lions are designed to do something, and that's kill stuff. <laughs> it's like all they do, they're awake four hours a day. That's a true story. They're awake four hours a day, and all they do when they're not awake is sleep, right? (laughs) When they're awake, what they do is they eat. They kill things and they eat it. They're machines. That's the process. It's a serious thing. And he says, just like that, just like if we just let one out in the room today, we should take that seriously. There's a devil, he has a mission for you, and that mission for you is to destroy you. And he, he can do that any way, right? He doesn't even actually just want to destroy you. He wants to destroy everything around you, and then at the end of that, when he's caused you enough suffering and pain, then he wants to take you out. He does that through a lot of different ways for some of us. He messes with our brains. He messes with our hearts. He messes with our lives. He wants to take everything out around us, and he wants to devour us. And here Peter writes to this church who is in the midst of their suffering, and he says, take this seriously. You have to view this as as what it is. There is an enemy who's trying to kill you. It's not a joke. It's not a game. It's not just the thing that we do. We don't just come in here and say a prayer and go out there. It's not that kind of thing. You, you don't just show up and then leave. Like It's not that kind of thing. If it's that kind of thing, then, then what are you doing? It's a serious thing that we're doing here. Be alert. Watch out. Look around. Notice what's happening around you. And then be aware that some of those things might be there to kill you. Because the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion and he's looking to kill you. You're like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that either. But it's in here. So I think we probably should. The good news is he doesn't just leave it there, right? 
Somebody's trying to kill you. Have a great day. Amen. There's an enemy out there who can and will eat you if you let him. Let's pray, you know, like, thanks, Peter. Um, he didn't do that. He actually even goes on, and he doesn't have to be that way, translation. He says, resist him. Resist him. You can. It says you can, right? He wouldn't have wrote that if it wasn't a possibility. Like, you can actually resist him. There's a lion trying to kill you, but you can do something about it, and that thing that you can do about it is you can resist Resist is just this word meaning that we're in a battle, but you can fight back. That, that you can struggle towards the goal of winning that thing. That you, you can do something other than just sit there and take it. It says that you can resist him. He says, here's how you resist him. He says, firm in the faith. Another translation says, stand firm in the faith. Stand how many times did we hear that last week? Like, remain, plant your feet deep, stand, sink your feet into, dig in, stand firm in the faith. Keep the faith is what he's saying. Keep the faith. Stand in the faith. How, how do you resist this lion? You resist this lion by planting yourself deep in faith. He's looking to kill you, and the way he wants to kill you is to destroy and degrade your faith, because without faith, you have nothing. What did it, what did it say last week? Put on the full armor of God, and we went through all those pieces, but there was this shield, right? Everything else, you actually had to take the blows, right? But there was this one thing that kind of was a buffer between you and the blows, and it was the shield of faith. And it says, with it, you can extinguish the fiery arrows of the evil one. And here again, we have a, a different guy, right? Like, that was Paul. This is Peter. We have a different guy riding. Here's how you resist. Here's how you stand. Here's how you stay. Here's how you can fight back. Here is some offense for you. Plant your feet deep in the faith. What does he mean? I, I believe, right? What, what does that even mean? Everybody believes something, right? I believe. That's wonderful. I believe in Jesus. That doesn't even mean the same thing anymore, does it? I believe in God, man. That's that's the full color wheel right there. Who, who's that guy, right? It's different to different people. And in the same way, the church has taken Jesus and we've made him different to different churches, right? But I mean, there's only one, and he's saying stand firm in the faith, to plant yourself deep in the faith. So what, what does that even mean? Well, one is he means to plant yourself deep in faith that Jesus is who he says he is, and he does what he says he does. That Jesus is the Son of God. That's a true story. It doesn't matter how popular it is today. It doesn't really matter what people write about it. Like, that is a true story. Jesus is the Son of God. There's no other explanation other than he either had to be a liar or a crazy person. He's either who he says he is or he's not. And if he's not, why was he not? Was he trying to deceive everybody on the planet? That's evil, so he can't be good, right? Or was he crazy? He either is or he is not. There's no middle ground. We have to decide. Jesus is the Son of God or he's not the Son of God. And if he's not the Son of God, he's not good. So I believe he is the Son of God. That he did, just like the Bible said, he did wrap himself in flesh and he came down and he became a baby, right? Born in a feeding trough in Bethlehem. A little tiny city, a little blip on the radar. This is where the Son of God was born in a, in a barn, Surrounded by filth, 
right? He would be for the next 33 and a half years. Why wouldn't he start there? He grew up among us, but he never became one of us. He never acted like one of us. He was always so different. He was always so unique. He was always just this, uh, this different person. He had abilities to do amazing things, but one of the most amazing abilities he had was he never sinned. Right? That's, I want, if you want a superpower, that's the one I want. Right? <laughs> what superpower do you want? I never want to sin. I'm not very good at that. But Jesus did. 33 and a half years, never thought a bad thought, never said a bad thing. That's the standard of good. There is no good person except for that person. Why do you think he showed up? So we couldn't say anymore, oh, I'm good. Oh, are you? Do you look like him? Are, he's the standard. Do you look like him? Because he was perfect. He never messed up. He never failed. He never, like he was a carpenter, right? Like he hit his hand with hammers probably over the course of life, and he never blurted out something bad, right? Can't imagine that. Never thought about thought, never was angry, like, to the point of sin, never any of that. Perfect. And then in his perfection, he died for our sins, and here's the faith, right? That was enough. The faith is not, that gets me to church. Then you have no faith, right? The faith is not, that makes me want to say a prayer, that, that's not the faith. That makes me want to change the radio station. That's not the faith. The faith is that was enough. I'm horrible and wretched and I'm a sinner. I'm not good, but he was good and he took all my bad and killed it on the cross and gave me all his good and that was enough. Right? I'll just pare the gospel down into a couple sentences. That's it. And what he says, one thing is, right, like stand in the faith. That's point A. You can't even stand in the faith without that. There is no faith without that. That's the foundation. That's the rock. That's the starting place. And he says here, stand firm in the faith. And one of the things he's talking about is in that faith. See, the truth of it is, without that faith, we are dead. Right? Well, what are you going to do without that? The devil may never kill your body, but he never has to. He's already got your soul. He never mess with your life, but he he wouldn't even have to. He's already got your soul. Like, he might. It's for the heck of it. Need something to do today? I'll mess with that guy like he might. But without that faith, like we're already dead. He says, stand in the faith. And I believe uh, one of the other things he's talking about here is not just that faith that Jesus is who he says he is, but that he will do what he says he's going to do. Faith that the battle actually is, the war, I guess, is already over. The battle, the devil may win every battle. But the war is over. Right? Like, he, he can mess with you. Reread Job, right? What happened to Job? Everything. <laughs> I can't even, the only thing that didn't happen to Job is he, he didn't die, and that would have been a relief probably. Right? Like, the devil was allowed to take everything that Job had, and you look at that, and you're like, well, what caused that? Well, what caused that was he had permission to do that. The only reason Job loves you is because you've blessed him. Take the blessings. The only reason Job loves you is because you've maintained his health. Well, take his health, right? Sometimes we need to know. God already knows. Sometimes we need to know. And Job's life was horrible. Kids, gone, right? Every kid. Not like one by one, but like a house fell on them, and it got them all. Then 
next person runs up like seconds later, hey, all your stuff's gone. just want you to know not only are your kids dead, but you don't have any stuff anymore. You're now poor. Congratulations. He even killed all your slaves but me. I'm just here to bring the message, right? Job's faith stood, and he said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Who, who says that? What kind of man was Job, huh? devil goes back hey see the only reason he says that you can take everything from somebody except their health when you start messing with your health they're gonna run take it take the health but you can't take his life job lost everything right sitting around in a heap of ashes scratching his body with a piece of broken pottery was the life of job he knew suffering more than anybody else It's a story, right? But in that, somehow, right, here's Job, like, I'm not going to curse God. I'm not going to curse God. I'm not going to curse I don't even know if this is going to get better. Job didn't have the revelation of the cross. Like, he's just like, I don't know what's happening, but I know God did every, like, he gave me everything, so I'm just going to stand here. I'm just going to stand here. And he says that we can actually plant ourselves in, in, a, in a faith like that. Like, it's going to get better. That's the truth. I don't know what you're going through, but it's going to get better if you know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, it's not. It's going to get worse. Life here may get better, but at the end of the day, hell's pretty bad, is what I've been told. I'll never know. But if you know Jesus, the reality of it is, is life is going to get better. Everything may get taken away from you. You, you may lose everything. But at the end of the day, see, the promise is that the devil will be defeated. I've read the end of the book, right? Like at the end of the day, he goes into a lake of fire. He's defeated, and it's done for him. And there's going to be a day like where I'm going to continue, but I'm going to continue without him. Like I, I'm going to go off into eternity, and I'm going to be with God in a perfect place, surrounded by perfection. Like everything's going to be okay one day. It may not be here. It may, I believe God for better days. I believe today will be better and the next day will be better. It's going to get better somewhere here. But what I do believe even more than that is there's a day coming when the, when the devil will be defeated, right? He already is. He just doesn't know it. There's going to be a day when he's cast into the lake of fire and everybody's going to see what Jesus already says, that he's done. And for those that know him, we're going to go on and we're going to continue without the presence of him. In the presence of God, in perfection forever. There's better days coming. And what he says for us is here's how you resist the devil. You stand firm in the faith that it's getting better. And no matter what happens down here, you already have the greatest good, right? No matter what he takes or what he gives, that everything's okay through the cross. And that is the faith. That is the faith that he says, plant yourself in. And that is the faith the devil is trying to destroy in you because as long as you have that faith, he never can really take you out. So what he does is he attacks around the faith, right? I'm going to come in, I'm going to take this thing. 
I'm going to come in, I'm going to mess with this thing. I'm going to come in, I'm going I'm to I'm mess with your thoughts. I'm going to come in, I'm going to mess with your heart. I'm going to mess with your brain. I'm going to do everything I can to, to mess up everything I can. And if I can't have your soul, I'm going to try to take you out. I'm try to take you out of the church. I'm going to try to take you out of the ministry. I'm going to take you out of usefulness. I'm going to try to wreck all God's plans because my plans are that God's plans don't succeed. But he says it doesn't have to be that way. It says that we can resist him. And how we resist him is we can stand firm. We can plant ourselves deep in the faith. But you know where that faith doesn't come from? Naturally, just our thoughts. Right? Well, I just naturally know everything's going to be okay. No, because our circumstances a lot of times dictate our thoughts. And if our circumstances are jacked up, which is where he attacks, then it's going to mess up our thoughts. You know where that kind of faith comes from? It comes from here. It's not what your friend says, right? Job had horrible friends. Don't listen to those guys. um, But it's what he says. And the problem with most of us, why we can't stand when things come, is because we don't actually know what God says about anything. We know, you know, 30 minutes of what somebody says on a Sunday once a week or, you know, maybe our podcast that we really like that week. But, man, what does God say? Because I'll be honest, my words are not really eternal words. My words will get you through tomorrow probably, and then you're going to be back on the same track that you're on today. But the words that are going to get you through the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day are the words of God. And some of you are trying to fight the devil on one meal a week, right? How weak are you? Why? Because you eat one time a week. Being destroyed, well, go out there and eat today and then don't eat again until next Sunday and see what it physically does to you. Why do you think it spiritually does? It's the same thing. He says it doesn't have to be that way. Actually, it says that you can resist him and you can stand firm in the faith, knowing here, amazing, that the same sufferings are being experienced by your brothers in the world. Same sufferings are being experienced everywhere. What he's saying here, translation, is you're not alone. You're not alone. Isn't that a lie that we hear all the time? You're alone. Nobody cares. Yeah. And he follows back with, no, you're not. See, you're not going to stand in the faith by yourself. It's never meant to be that way, but you get this lie that you're the only one that's suffering, and what you do is, just like what I do, we don't talk about it. Nobody will understand. Nobody cares. Nobody gets me. Nobody gets it. And what you end up doing is you isolate yourself. God meant for you to run with people in this life. God meant for you to run with people in in this faith. He meant for you to come alongside other people and kind of herd together. But when you hear that you're alone, what you do is you isolate yourself. You start sliding to the back of the herd, right? You guys just go on without me. You wouldn't understand. You don't even care probably. So I'm just going to be back here. And Man, I wish I could be up there. You ever watch Discovery Channel? Who's a lion kill? Does he do the guy in the front? No, because you're going to get run over by everybody else coming that way. That'd be a dumb lion, right? Like, let me get the front guy and get run over by the rest of the herd. It doesn't work that way. 
He's just going to lay and wait, right? Seeking who he may devour. He's just waiting for you to isolate yourself to the point where all the rest of the herd's in front. You're the sick, bruised, and the weak, right? And then you're going down. That's why God meant for us to run with people, not isolate ourselves from people. He says, be sober, right? It's coming. He's coming. It's not a joke. And be on the alert because he's trying to kill you, but it doesn't have to be that way. Other people are suffering too. Run with them. And then he wraps up this thought with verse 10, and he says, Now the God of all grace, who called you, right, to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus. The same God who saved you will personally himself, not send a messenger, not send a friend, not send somebody else, will personally restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. He didn't say that there wasn't going to be any suffering, did he? He didn't say that everything was going to be okay forever, did he? What he said was, you're going to suffer. Everybody suffers. People in the church suffer and people out of the church suffer. That's newsflash for you. Everybody suffers. But you can run with those people. And if you run with those people after you've suffered a little while, writing this to a church in persecution, by the way, who were being beat, killed, mocked, thrown in jail, for the name of Jesus, writing this to them, not to us who just have bad days. After you've suffered a little while, some of you are going to die for your faith. After you've suffered a little while, some of you are going to be thrown in jail for your faith. But after you've suffered a little while, some of you guys are going to be thrown in arenas and eaten by actual wild animals. But after you've suffered a little while, that same God who called you will restore you, strengthen you, and be with you. And that's amazing to me. But what's even more amazing to me is you look at the author of this book. Who is that guy? Peter who walked on water. That's a great story. It's not the final story, by the way. Peter who was the first one to proclaim Jesus as Messiah, which again is a great story. Uh, Just a few verses later, Jesus looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. So not the whole story. Um, (laughs) But even more than that, it's the Jesus that, or the Peter that denied Jesus three times. And before he did it, Jesus said some amazing words to him. Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. Said that to him, Right? sitting around the table about to go out and be arrested and then taken to the cross just a few hours later and he looks at Peter and he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. He wants to destroy you. He wants to take you and he wants to shake you until he breaks you. He wants to do everything he can to ruin you. And then Jesus says this, but after you've returned, isn't that crazy? Oh, he's going to shake you, brother. (laughs) It's going to be wild for a couple hours. It's going to be crazy. 
You're, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to watch me die on the cross. You're not going to remember that whole part about me coming back. You're just going to lose all that. And you're going to feel like everything's falling apart. He's going to shake you. But you're going to somehow stand. And you're going to remain. And when you have returned, right? When you get it back together, when you come around and you realize the resurrected Jesus is, is a reality in your life, and that's the greater reality than suffering, and that's the greater reality than loss, that there is a resurrected Jesus. When you see that, brother, I want you to do something. I want you to strengthen and build up your brothers. I have a job for you, right? Oh, you're going to suffer. You're even going to almost lose the faith. You're going to want to turn away. You're not going to know what's going on for a little bit. But I, I want you, when you come back, to strengthen and build up your brothers. And here we go. Fast forward a couple years. He's writing this letter to a church that Satan is sifting. And he's using right, some words from Jesus. It's, you're going to suffer. But you can stand. No, oh, you're, you're going to suffer. It's going to be wild. But you can stand because after you've suffered a little while, I know from experience the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus will personally restore you. I've been there. I denied him three times. And he come right back on the tail end of that. And here I am writing a letter to you. He'll personally restore you and he'll establish you. Look, I'm a leader of the church. I denied him in his greatest moment of need and here I am. And he strengthened me. I was running and he strengthened me and he supported me. I suffered, but here I am saying better days are coming. Church B, sober, right? It's not a joke. The devil wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. Great news. It doesn't have to be that way. There is suffering coming. Some of you are in it now, but you can have a faith that will last through the suffering. You can have a faith that will weather the storm. You have a faith in you right now, if you know Jesus, that can sustain you through the suffering. And on the other side, you can come out of that and God can still use you. And that is the story right here. It's not, oh, there's a big scary devil coming to kill you. It's life's going to be hard, but God can take those moments and use you on the other side. It's not everything's going to be perfect. It's everything's going to fall apart, but you can come out on the other side and you can be this same story where you can say to people, you know what, life is hard, but God restores and God loves and God strengthens and the same God that called you is standing here with you in the storm and he'll get you through. And on the other side, man, it's going to be beautiful because I'm standing in it. I don't know why we have to go through suffering. All I know is Jesus wasn't exempt. So why should we be? I don't know why life is hard, but what I know is through Jesus and through Peter and through Paul and some of these other guys, even in suffering, God can use us. So I don't know what we're going through today, and I don't know what we're going to go through. I have no idea. I only know me, right? But what I know is that 
The devil may be a roaring lion, but really in the grand scheme of things, he's a little bitty lion. And I serve a great big lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah, who at the end of days is the only one who's going to be found worthy to open the scroll, who's going to be standing when everything else is done. And he's going to stand with me in the storm. So this morning, what I'm saying to you, church, is hold on to the faith. Right? It might be a bad day. It might be a horrible day. It might be an evil day. There might be a world of stuff coming at you, but you can stand. You don't have to run. You don't have to leave. You don't have to hide. You don't have to get out there and try something else. You can stand right here and be strengthened by his vast strength. You can cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And at the end of the day, when the dust is settled and the smoke is gone, you're going to see that he's still exactly where he said he would be. Let's pray.